bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brush a pop and pop. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. We, we pop, pop, All pop right. The episode about to start. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's up, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have a sassy, goofy, peruananita that's also very bonita, Danielle. Who the fuck are you? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's good, everybody? What's hey. good? <laughs> I wanted to do that so bad. Yes, I love that. <laughs> uh, I'm Danielle. Danielle Alvarez. You can call me Danny D. Um, Danny Alvarez from, well, my parents are Peruvian, but I was born here. And I'm the founder of The Bonita Project. Yes. yes. And tell us a little bit about what The Bonita Project is. So. The Bonita Project is a mix of things, but it, it is technically a Latinx-owned PR influencer marketing agency. Mm. I come from the world of PR and marketing, and I work with a great roster of women-owned brands, women of color-owned brands mm. um, within the beauty space. So getting them in front of the press, getting them into the hands of influencers. So basically doing everything that has to do with PR, but doing it for the what we would say, I guess, smaller brands, but they're not. They're small, but impactful and powerful. Amazing. Yes. And Boni- Botanica Beauty is one of those clients. Correct. Botanica right? Beauty. So the clients right now, as of right now, our client roster includes Botanica Beauty, um, which is Ada Rojas, her yes. hair care line. And yes. as of this year, we're also going to be representing Honey Baby Naturals. Yes, nice. Honey Baby. Okay. Both are in my hair currently. I just oh. want to say oh. both of them in my hair so, right now. Honey Baby Naturals is her business partner, Aisha, her line. And then we also now have a luxury CBD skincare brand. Okay. Yes, nice. Yes, which I'm very excited about. She's based out in L.A., Cool. Um, and it's called Gracious Ohm. And then we also have a natural personal care line. So it's a natural deodorant line called Kinko mm. with these two women based out of Houston. And then let's see who also, um, we also have, um, oh, I can't forget Cooper K Skincare. Cooper K Skincare is my very first black owned brand, which I'm very yes. excited about nice. as well, because I was very adamant of wanting to bringing, of wanting to bring a black owned brand into my roster as well. Um, and we started working with her as of earlier last month. And she's also focused on just, it's a natural skincare line based on her West African beauty rituals and ingredients. So it has a very heartful and beautiful message behind it. So we are working with her, with Cooper K. And then, yeah, I mean, we are, we are still also open for business. So if you wish to also send us a pitch. Yes, <laughs> yes. you heard it here first. That's super awesome. And what I love about your your diversity in, in vendors is that it's also like, yes, they're, they're owned by women of color, but they're also women of color who are exploring their cultural spaces and sort of challenging some of the conventions. So like, mm-hmm. you know, even with the natural hair, the natural hair movement in itself is something, you know, as a Dominicana, like... Dominican girls love their blowouts, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so, like, to be in a space where now you are creating um, a very high-quality product, because I have to say, Honey Baby and Botanica are, like, like in my journey of finding products, I i don't think I've ever felt more matched than mm-hmm. with those products. But, like, even, even in that space where there's something special about it being an Afro-Latina, you know what I mean? Even though, like, I love Shea Moshe, I love all those brands, but there is a, a pride. Um, and I think that a lot of, as consumers, things that make us prideful, we, we, we're automatically drawn to and I think it's exciting as an adult to have that opportunity but as you guys continue to grow these brands are going to be influencing the generations of people you know younger than us and my nieces and one of my nieces and so there's something so exciting about this what I'm calling a renaissance of Latinx culture explodes, mm-hmm. exploding in the U.S. <clears throat> which is my favorite part about what you guys do it's really the diversity there. Yeah, I love to hear that I mean I, I think one of the things that I normally uh, when I when I talk to people that ask me like Danielle what what like how did you do it? How did you break out? How did you? Because wh- wh- I was working for a very reputable PR agency in mm-hmm. the beauty space. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. And the biggest fear when you step out of that, uh, out of a big reputable company, is like, will anyone pay attention to me? Will anyone mm-hmm. give a fuck about who I am? Like, once right. you let go of that reputable name, like that's it. You feel like your network is lost. Your contact list goes to shit. No one's gonna want to talk to you anymore because it's like, who are you repping now? Who? Right. Fulanita que? Fulanita? You know what? But thank God, like you know. Thank God. <laughs> like, I 
didn't let that fear get in between what I wanted to do. And like now I even feel more prideful and like I get more, much more excited working for the smaller brands and for yeah. the indie brands because they're eager to wanting to learn. Like they want to hear your ideas. They want to take your advice. Right. You don't have to basically have to deal with a hierarchy of people like, hey, can I'm presenting my idea. Can you approve it? And then going for another round too. Okay, can you, right. I'm presenting it again. Can you approve it? Like this is, this time it's just direct and in their face like, hey, do we do this or do we not? And they mm. just, they move forward with it. So I love that. Yeah. I love uh, working with indie beauty brands at the, at the moment. And I never thought I would, I would say this like seven years ago when I started because I thought like working for the cooler, bigger guys was awesome but it's not always that way mm-hmm. right right yeah. no absolutely and it's important that we have women creating these spaces and like mm-hmm. I was reading some stats and we're going to talk about this on another episode but just about women and women owned businesses and the mm-hmm. rate at which those are being opened and the numbers are phenomenal I mean Latinas are leading uh, the percentage of women in the US who are opening business at the fastest rates um, and so mm-hmm. this is just like the, the blossoming of this I just I cannot wait y'all are going to be so big and all the people who are like oh they're small pretty soon they're going to be up <laughs> Yeah, ass being like, oh my god, can I have your client? Oh my god, can I have your client for this? I yes. can't wait for that. I can't wait either. I can't wait either. I'm I'm always staying with positive energy, like I was saying before. Um, you know, it's been a blessing to have done the Bonita project that we're going into our second year. Yes. And the support has been very amazing from the community. From, you know, the network that I thought that wasn't going to follow me. No, they followed me. They said, let's, we want to, we're going to keep an eye on you. And sure enough, like, look how far, you know, the Bonita project has gone, gone. And it's not just me. I have a team behind it as well. Yes. So I'm very, very happy about that. Yes. Thank shout you. out to the Bonita yes. team. Yes. <laughs> Bonita gang. Bonita yeah. gang. I love it. I love it. So tell us, what is your favorite brunch bebida? Like when you go out to brunch with the girls, when you're with the Bonitas, what are you going to order to drink? Oh boy. Okay. So listen, this, I picked up this habit when I moved to New York. I started drinking Bloody Marys because I, I have, shout out to my gringa friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a white girl in me. I'm like, she got me into the Bloody Mary. So then after that, I was like, I want a Bloody Mary. I want a Bloody Mary. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll switch it up every now and then. Maybe I'll even go for like a margarita. Mm. Ooh, um, I, I love a good margarita with brunch. I like margaritas over mimosas. Even though, I mean, I love, you can't go wrong with a mimosa, but yeah. like, if I'm going to drink and brunch, it's usually because I really want to like drink and brunch. Yeah. Because if not, then I'll just go for coffee. But no, for like if I want to go out and drink, drink, I'm going to get a margarita or even my Bloody Marys because my Bloody Marys are very like, like they. Uh, yeah. Nice. How many Bloody Marys can you do like within <laughs> like a. Um, Because I feel like so, that's like a thick drink. Yeah, that's yeah, like a that's thick a... drink. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I probably would probably do two. In like a in like a sitting because I'm okay. like sipping, eating, and it's like you said, it's a very heavy drink. Uh-huh. So I'll probably yeah. have like at most two. Yeah. So then what is your go-to brunch plate? Okay, so my go-to brunch plate is a fried chicken sandwich with like waffles or like well yeah fried chicken and waffles or a fried chicken sandwich with like maybe a side salad or maybe even I mean I'm adding this I mean I'll probably get waffle fries if they have it like yeah or or garlic truffle fries or something like that Uh, truffle has been the gift from God I know it's been the gift of God but I can't every time I see a fried chicken sandwich in the menu I'm like well that's what I'm getting right there is a place downtown By uh, oh my god, the pl- it's like by where all those the bitter end, like all those spots. Mm-hmm. It's that one street, Bleecker Street. Is it Bleecker Street? It's Bleecker Street. I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Whatever. But there's a place <laughs> in that area, Bronx. in that like NYU <laughs> area, that does a brunch, and they have a fried chicken sandwich that is sandwiched between two waffles. Mm. See, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Then I should go there. Yeah. Amazing, I've been so yes. quite. I mean, ever since I moved here, I've I've definitely done my hoeing around with brunch places. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. And there's nothing like NYC brunch. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Of, like we know, we do it no, best. No, 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 we do it And best. after you get to a certain age, brunch is just better. Like, who doesn't like getting drunk during the day Dang. with your girlfriends? Yeah. And like, then being yeah, in bed yeah, at yeah. a reasonable Food, hour. alcohol. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially, like, if, if, you, if you overdo it, like, you get in bed in time to miss like the early onset hangover that you're gonna get from drinking such sugary drinks all day. <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, if we're gonna promote a brunch, there's a spot that you can never go wrong. Have you guys been to Miss Favela's? 
I haven't. I've heard of it though. It's Brazilian, it? right? It's in Brooklyn. It's in Williamsburg. Let me Under tell the, you like, that train. Yep. Okay. Like that place, you could just never go wrong. Even on a winter, I mean, it's definitely much more popping in, in the summertime because it's hot. They have right. an outdoor, outdoor seating area. Oh, cute. But never fails every every Saturday and Sunday. They have a live pagode band, so they're playing like Ooh. Brazilian music, wow. like, samba music. But then it's like. The caipi, like, so you order, what well, you have to order there is a caipirinha. So, like, mm. a picture of caipirinha, and it's, like, this picture that's, I think, like, valued at 50 bucks, which is kind of stupid, but, okay. But that <laughs> picture, <laughs> I kid you not, you have two of those caipirinhas, and you're set, you're good, and you're dancing. Yeah. And the thing is, the caipirinha is very sugary. It's, like, a, right. it's like a mojito, kind of, in a, in a way, but it's just, it's, I mean, it's not a mojito, because Brazilians will get Right, right, right. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's a very sugary drink, and, I mean, yeah, you get... And the music, it's just a great vibe. And when it's the World Cup, because I've gone on World Cup days when they're playing, that's that's an, an intense, an inti- intense I can't imagine. experience. Thanks. But it's so much And it's fun. right there. It's I on a little corner. I know exactly that the spot you're like talking about. That sounds like brunch during the World Cup. It. Everybody watching it sounds like a marathon of brunch. Like the Hunger Games <laughs> of brunch. <laughs> like you'll be like dealing with everybody screaming and shit. Yeah. Like, no, there's a lot of excitement. <laughs> I, I recommend it though, you guys. It's so much fun. You can't go wrong. You can't go miss favelas. Remember, that. and it I, looks like a favela. Yeah, it feels like a mini yep. favela. Like you're in Brazil. Like you transport yourself, which is what nice. I love about it. So, yeah. yeah, I recommend it. Amazing. Well, we gotta check it out. So, so tell us, what was it like going out to eat when you were a kid? So going out to eat when I was a kid, my I grew up with my mom. Um, I grew up in a single mom household and we grew up in South Florida. I'm from, I lived a few years in Fort Lauderdale and then I lived in Miami. Um, but to be quite honest, we were not accustomed to going out that much. Mom, like my mom is a, um, she is a, she was a part-time assistant to like a daycare center. Mm, So like, mm -hmm. You know, her checks did not give for much. Um, we lived in a one-bedroom house, an apartment. I didn't have my own bedroom until I maybe was 16. Mm-hmm. So I lived in a one-bedroom, always shared a bed with my mom. So, I mean, I'm just giving this background because, I mean, yeah, I can, like, to be honest, like, now I'm going out and, like, enjoying my brunches and whatnot. And my boyfriend's like, damn, you got money like that to spend? I'm like, listen, <laughs> right. I earned this shit. Right. I'm mm-hmm. going to go out and I'm going to go to a five-star restaurant if I fucking want to. Right. But back then, mommy and I did not. And, um, I mean, South Florida is very different than it is here. Like, you go to an Applebee's, a Chili's, it's like going to, like, a thing. You're going to get dressed up to go to a Chili's or an mm. Applebee's or, like, a TJI Fridays. Like, that was the places we would go to every yeah. now and then. Um, I mean, if like, growing up in South Florida, per, like, I'm Peruvian and I'm very proud about my food. And back then, there was not that many Peruvian restaurants in South Florida, now there is a lot, but mm. back then there wasn't. So, like when we would find out about a Peruvian spot, we would drive the hour and a half down wherever it was to like eat like our authentic Peruvian food, which was exciting. So I grew up very proud of my Peruvian cuisine. Um, my my mom wasn't the biggest cook at home. I mean, she would cook, but she wasn't like the one that would whip out the plates and stuff like that. She wasn't. She would cook. For it was just her and I. We would she would cook enough for like three days or four days to like have leftovers. Um, But yeah, no, like girl, that was like that. I mean, I guess that was like that's what I'm trying to remember. Like just going out and eating with her. I mean, I did end up working in the restaurant business for a minute um, for like about a a year or two when I was in high school. And it was. I mean, South Florida is a very different restaurant scene Mm. than New York. Like New York, what I love about New York is that you have a lot of mom and pop shops. You have one restaurant that you cannot ever see ever again in your life. Like it's that one restaurant with that one menu with the one fried chicken sandwich that's like, (laughs) I can only go there and get it. Mm -hmm. But in Florida, it's a little bit different. I mean, Florida is definitely changing now. Um, But yeah, Yeah. that was my... Nice. All right. So when you're at a table and you're munching, what are you talking about? El bochinche. Oh, man. I mean, if it's with my girlfriends, I'm talking about, like, 
I, we always love to, I mean, we're very petty. Come on, guys. We're going to be talking about shit like, did you see so-and-so? <laughs> She's dating so-and-so. Or like, we'll talk about the exes. Like, just now, I have a, I literally have a group chat that's called Peggy Wop Click. Peggy Wop Click. And they were bringing up memes about me they, when I was, when I used to date some stupid guy from the, from the past. Oh, it's always And the then they were like, ones. imagine if you would have ended up with this guy. I mean, that's normally what a conversation would be in the table. Yeah. Imagine if you would have ended up with that guy. I mean, now at 31, but back then when I was like in my early my earlier 20s, like I mean, yeah, we would be talking about the night before, mm-hmm. the stupid, yeah, walk of shames. Like, come on, we've all Ooh. done it. We've mm-hmm. all done it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But, I've had my share of walk of shames. <laughs> I mean, I mean, our group chat is called Bag of Entrepreneurial Thoughts. Thoughts. So, yeah. <laughs> so we get it. We absolutely yeah. get it. Awesome. Now we're going to move into our cheers to the ladies who section where we cheer people and dope shit that's going on in the world. Which first off, cheers, actually cheers, ladies, cheers, cheers, and and this one is deserving of a cheers because yes, that Super Bowl performance. Uh, Talk about it. Shakira. Talk about it. J-Lo. Talk about it. Bad Bunny. Talk about it. J Balvin. Talk about it. (laughs) It was. And and, and pause, because it wasn't halftime, but Demi did her thing. Demi did her thing, too. I I have, uh, actually, I've only heard that she did her thing. I haven't watched it. Right, I'm guilty. I haven't watched the full thing. We got, you know, I I actually watched this specifically, because I was like, how did Demi do? We're only talking about it. Because, also, like, people don't really realize that the Star Spangled Banner is one of the most complicated pieces of repertoire to sing. Yeah. Like, it is yeah. all over the range. Yeah, yeah. So if you can sing it well... Yeah, so she yes. definitely did a good job. People are trying to debate that because she did better than Whitney Houston. I don't know okay, about that. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, love her, but don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but honestly, like, first of all, I'm going to shout myself out and say that I was definitely throwing shade at the fact that they agreed to do it at first. I was mm-hmm. like, listen, I get that this is important for, for your careers. Like, I'm totally for it in an NFL where there isn't a Colin Kaepernick situation going on. Like, I, I it almost, like, hurt me because I was like, fuck, like, I am excited for them. But also, like, at the same we have time. to get a little radical these days. And it's not that I believe that activism on the behalf of celebrities always has to be so extreme where they're sacrificing opportunity every time they come at them but it is just the stakes of our country right now today I think call for it Mm -hmm. and so that was my little disappointment but as I was watching and I quickly picked up on all of the symbols that that were in there from the kids in the cages the minute that flag that Puerto Rican flag busted out I was just like wow like we are literally making a statement that this is ours just like the fast pace the energy the movement and mm-hmm. i'm just like wow they didn't even take a break really when you think about no. it like even as an audience member like i couldn't even like catch my own breath because you know next thing you know the lights are changing and jlo's fucking coming up the empire state building <laughs> yes. on a on a pole like and it was just like incredible yeah. um and i was watching it with my two nieces and i and, and actually skittles was there with me yes. but i was on the floor sitting next to my five-year-old niece and she was just like like my mom says, just like tra- like in a trance in the TV. Um, and then she, when the performance is over, she goes, that's it. Let's let's do another show. Like she was like, uh-huh. like this is, you know, and it made me so proud because I thought, wow, she's going to grow up. And if we can continue this trend and if the NFL gets its shit together, because it still needs to get its shit together. Um, she's going to live in a world where Latinas perform at the Super Bowl and that's a norm. You know what I mean? And she's going to say, oh, ever since I was a kid and we never got to say that, but that moment was so special, and so I was glad that I didn't like protest watching it, you know, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people did say that they were going to protest watching it. I, I went somewhere where they were already playing it, whether I was there or not, mm-hmm. but in my household, I did not turn on the NFL that day. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but that moment was just so important, but like, let's talk about it. Now that I got yeah, all my feels I... out, what the fuck? For me, it was, I loved it. I've, as someone who, as a Puerto Rican from the Bronx and all of that, that goes along with it, um, I've always loved J-Lo. I have always loved Jennifer Lopez and Shakira as well. I can't say that my love for Shakira has ever been that huge. I was um, obsessed. But I, and, but I know I'm, I'm not trying to like play Shakira's importance in the music industry. For me, it was J-Lo, but the entire performance 
I like even leading up to it, I was I was kind of like I got I I understood like protesting and not watching it or whatever. I wasn't shocked that Shakira and J Lo agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't necessarily tied at them because I wasn't shocked that they would agree to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more so on the front of like, well, Shakira could do it by herself and J Lo could do it by that, herself. So yes. why are they doing it together? Like that to me felt like a, still like a, well, these two performances didn't need to be together. Right. But I'm glad that they did happen together. And it was like beautiful from like Shakira um, doing her Afro-Colombian uh, yeah. movements and having like the black girls front and center. center. Like, like so she could have easily had... Stage. Other blonde, short women next to her. No, she had, like, brown, black women next to her, like, surrounding her Ooh, front some and of them, center. I was Because I've watched this more than once already, guilty. Yeah. Sometimes out dancing her, and there's one point where you see her, like, eyeing the girl next to her, and she even looks at her like, all right, you do your thing. I'm 43. <laughs> you do your thing. <laughs> that eyes. You know, like, she like, didn't try to, like, outdo her, and I was just like... And that's another thing. We're talking about women over 40, mm-hmm. and Jayla's already 50. Yeah. Moving like that, I can't mm-hmm. do. I can't do thirty seconds of that choreography without yeah. dying. <laughs> it was amazing. The the also Shakira bringing out her Lebanese like belly dancing and yes. that heritage and that call out was also yep. Lebanese and apparently um, Colombian. So I was and, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fuck and Jennifer Lopez obviously because you know the first thing I told you was like she has to start with Jenny from the block. She has to shout out the Bronx. Literally, Juan directed the whole thing before we watched. <laughs> <laughs> I told her I was like, I was like she has to start with Jenny from the block. She she has a shot of the Bronx. And the minute she did the, we from the Bronx, you can, as Julissa, the scream like bubbled from my inner <laughs> core and just went, ah! and like, I was ah! like, in the middle of the living room, like, family, nieces, like, and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just a very like, oh my God, everything that I have ever dreamed of was yeah. on that stage. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I loved it. I Danielle, loved it. When were, where were you when the moment happened? <laughs> um, well, I was with I was with a uh, with a, at a friend's at a friend's house. Um, I only care for the halftime shows every year, right. every mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't give a shit who's playing. Cheers I don't even that. like I don't even <laughs> like football. Sorry. I was like, it's so nice for the for I, it was so nice for Jennifer Lopez to let these football players play at her concert. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not a big. I'm. I, I don't like football. I don't care for it. Um, I like so football I, players. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I like football but, too. But yes, <laughs> I mean after. I mean, I'm not. I'm jumping up to another topic. But I recently watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Oh, I, I went to school with Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Oh. Um, he went. To, he was at. He was at UF when I was at UF. Wow. And I had the hugest crush on him. I was like, he is Matt Zag. I was like, he is so fine, like Aaron, and because he was the only like hot Latino star on the field. Mm-hmm. And when all that shit went down, I was like, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Don't tell oh me that. And God. then you know, I mean, whatever. I'll let you guys watch and make your own opinions about that. But mm. yeah. Anyways. Fast going back to the Super Bowl. Um, no, no, no. I, I am a big Shakira fan. I think Me I told too. you this when I met mm-hmm. you. So Shakira has influenced everything from my belly. I used to belly dance, and I did it for ten years. Wow! I started when I was in two thousand. It was when she, when Ojo Sassi came out. So I've been following Shakira when she had her black hair before she even did the crossover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a very big Shakira fan. And I and when I remember seeing Ojo Sassi when I was ten years old, I was I think in fifth grade. I'm like, Mom, I want to learn what dance that is. What dance is that? Because in the music video, I don't know if you've seen it. She's literally right. belly dancing. Yeah. Right? But I don't know what kind of dance that was. I was just obsessed and fascinated with it. And then she did an MTV Unplugged concert. Yep. When she and she had her shimmy skirt, her mm-hmm. coin skirt. And then my mom was like, "Yo creo que eso es el baile árabe." Like that's the that's belly dancing. So now, like I remember when this was already when I was living in Miami. And when Shakira did the crossover from when to and she she released whenever wherever. Belly dancing was becoming a thing all of a sudden. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody was starting to belly dance. Now there's belly dance classes available, and Shakira did that. Okay, yep. Shakira did that, especially in Miami. So yep. my mom signed me up to a class. I kid you not, that class, I had like seven people in my class for the first semester, and I started belly dancing. I was 13 when I started, or 12. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. one of the two. And then when um, then this novela came out, I don't know if you guys even ever watched it. Gitana? No, El oh. Glone. Did oh, anyone yes. remember Klong? Yes, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it, but yes, it was played. Okay, <laughs> El Klong was like, in Miami, was yeah. the biggest deal in the world. Like, El Klong came out, and that hit 
belly dancing off, off the roof. Like, it became such a thing. So, anyways, Shakira, to me, has, like, I mean, she influenced me with the belly dancing. I started belly dancing, dig it for 10 years. And then I, I actually met her once at a CD <gasps> signing, and I cried my eyes out. And I, <laughs> I remember getting up to her and, like, palpitate like I was like uh, and she was like okay relax and then she signed like, here you go she was like okay because I was hyperventilating like crying oh um, yeah that was like in 2005 I, I met her at a CD signing in Miami so yeah I mean I've been a big Shakira fan so I laugh at my like I look at this performance I'm like man I chose my idol right yeah like yeah. I've been following you since I was 10 yep like I was obsessed with you before you even were like this huge Global star dancing on stage, mm-hmm. so I get yeah. emotional. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. like I love Shakira. Like I love, and then J Lo. I mean, I grew up with like a J Lo fan. Not like not like a super J Lo fan. Like I mean, I appreciate her. Like what she's done. I I mean, I she's definitely influenced my fashion. At one point, when I was growing up as a as a middle schooler with like the freaking what was the the hat? That oh, the can yeah. Oh, how yeah. she was rocking the Kangles. Yeah, the Kangles. The freaking the cargo pants with the booties. Like I was all into that. Like right. you know. Um, but yeah, no, like I mean, to both of them, I have to con- like salute them both. They did an yeah. amazing job. They killed it. I was actually rehearsing the Shakira belly dancing part in my living room for two fucking hours. I'm not even kidding. I have a video of it because I posted <laughs> it on TikTok. Yeah, and I was doing it. And my boyfriend walks in on me. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Because I didn't have the rope, so I had a little <laughs> belt, and I'm like swinging it. <laughs> he was like, and I'm like, "Well, let me try with the belt." I'm like, "I wish if I had a rope, I would have totally tried it." But yeah. No, yes. I love I love the performance. Everything about it, I think they did an amazing job. People that are comparing it to Beyonce don't because it's not they're not Beyonce. Was that nah. happening? I mean, no. the shade room was definitely going uh, at it. Oh, what I heard shade. was that what I heard was that like so people were disliking the the hypersexualization of Latinas during this performance, and I was yeah. like, I was like, but like that's my, cousin, my cousin, but my cousin, my cousin came to me on a post, and I really was just like, girl, it would be completely off brand for this for this performance not to be sexualized. Like right, right. you're talking about Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, whose biggest movie right the, now, in her career was Hustlers about her being stripper. a stripper. Yeah, and let me tell you. So that yeah, she's yeah work, she's gonna be on the pole. Goddamn, pole work was because that was athletic. Because you're not she gonna was... learn that for no reason. Yeah, right. I'm gonna learn it for the movie. I'm gonna do it on the Super Bowl. I'm gonna do it in three music videos, and I'm gonna do it on tour. <laughs> like, and if my man, man want to see it in the bedroom, you better believe okay, I'm gonna do it in the bedroom too. Okay. <laughs> Shit. No, for yeah. real. And it's and it's so crazy to me that that was a statement. And then people, but then there was the other shade part, which which I heard was, oh, so we could see that, but nobody defended Janet Jackson and her titty that was worth in Janet Jackson titties. Now, yes, I agree mm-hmm. with that. I still think that the NFL, the world owes Janet Jackson yeah, an yeah, apology yeah. for that. Um, but damn, that don't mean like why does that have to take away from Shakira and J Lo? that you know audiences do that they didn't say oh fuck janet we're gonna yeah. like do all this shit they put on the production first of all they don't get paid for doing the shows the nfl uh, super bowl performers they just pay for the production so they dished out 10 million on this production but the artists do not get paid are you serious yeah no it's it's, it's an honor thing it's like if mm-hmm. you get invited to the super bowl like that is like a big... and it's this idea that once you do this per- performance your career is gonna Obviously yeah, it's it's literally be, like it's almost like getting a start. Like I wouldn't be surprised fame, if Shira, like I wouldn't be surprised if Shakira releases an album this year, right? Because of right or something. Yeah, no, you know, it, something like that. But it was it's just interesting how like that's what we do to each other is we we see a, a special moment and then we find opportunities. I saw people who were saying that they exploited black people on stage. Actually, that they felt that the black culture was exploited, and I'm like, actually, is it exploitation if what they did is say, hey, these are songs that we've already made. It's not like they remixed it to make it more black. Like yeah. this is, these are the songs. These are their origins, and like rather than just let us light skin, you know, white passing women do it, like we're gonna have the people who represent mm-hmm. these cultures on this stage with us. Like, yeah, that's what I take. Even J, even J Lo had like I saw somehow through like you know when you on Instagram and you be stalking one person, then you just follow yeah, other yeah, pro, yeah, yeah. start looking at other profiles. Yeah, yeah. So one of the dancers that danced behind J Lo is like a not huge, but like a low key um, pole dancing like competition winner, and so like mm. it was. So they actually were intentional they, about the people who were behind them and, and making sure that now that they 
had this platform, several other people yes. now had a platform to say I performed at the halftime I, show. I read that the, the the dancers were like three of them were like three world renowned dance troops. Yeah, you know, like from these countries. That yeah, we're to, so. so very intentional. Kudos to them again. That Kudos image of them. the kid and ca- kids in cages. And shout out to J Lo's daughter. Also, yes, um, J Lo and sing? Mark Anthony's. Everybody's like J Lo's daughter She's, and Mark she, Anthony's. She got her. Fa- <laughs> She got her father's voice. She got her father's voice. She does have her father's voice. (laughs) But yeah, shout out to them for an amazing performance. And I'm glad that we got to witness it. And I will be playing it in my living room for years to come. Yes, yes. For sure. Oh, can I have some? All right, well, now it's time for our Tuta Loca S, where we call motherfuckers out for doing the most. most. And so... There was a post made by a male person in our circle, <laughs> and it caused the debate. I li- I I like almost immediately slipped into his DMs about this post because it was on his story, and it said, um, "Women logic." With a with a colon, and it said, "73 seconds of writing for 18 minutes of backshot mania equals a fair trade." In other words, they're saying that. Men put in 18 minutes worth of work, of physical labor during sex, <laughs> at, in trade for women only doing 73 seconds worth of work during sex. And I was just like, hold up, because, like, I know I'm not a woman, right? <laughs> But I get things inserted into my hole. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know that there is work yeah. that goes into sex on our end. Right. And I just, I, like, it immediately sparked this debate between he and I because I was like, like, okay, yeah, it's like doing crunches and yeah, you're trying not to come on his end. That was his logic. He was like, the burn of the abs from trying to keep a steady rhythm and trying not to come early before the girl comes. I'm sorry. I hate men. Um, <laughs> so what are y'all thinking? Like, what? let's list the work that ladies put into their sex lives. Like... First off, I like. I think (laughs) I think there's a point where like the pain of the the initial insertion needs to be accounted for in the work, especially during anal, right? Because we're talking. Okay, now let's get into the now let's get into the logistics. (laughs) Anal hurts. Yes. Anal with a big dick man hurts a lot. Taking that and and still being able to sort of like. You have to focus on like, all right, you have to relax your muscles because you need to ease your pain because you want to enjoy it too. And then like, hey, if you didn't like do a a douche or some shit like that, you're like, and now I'm also concerned about feces in this interaction. And like, even just the prep, pause. Men do not need to, men who are tops or straight males do not need to douche and do all the pre-prep that women have to do. Okay, Mm -hmm. shaving your balls might be really hard, but like, have you tried to shave your inner inner lip without fucking cutting yourself like everybody has difficult angles that they're working with here so let's not even fucking bring shaving into the equation their organ is out mine is all in i'm in my shower literally trying to like fucking do yoga just to make sure i don't have one fucking hair so these motherfuckers could enjoy it and and have a a smooth pussy that is also work um also kegels right or uh, yeah kegels um actually like when you're kegeling on a dick when you're writing it so that it feels like tighter because women were so hypnotized with this notion of like oh if we're not tight enough he's not gonna enjoy it but like Mm -hmm. that it's almost like if you're trying to get tickled what do you do and you don't want to be tickled you tighten up right Uh so then you don't feel the tickle anymore yeah well when I'm tightening my pussy that much at this point it's no my nerve endings are now tight so it's less enjoyable than if I was just on top of you writing without trying to kegel because that relaxation will really allow for the stimulation to please me more than it pleases you so I also sacrifice my quote unquote come in when I'm a there for the 73 seconds is always more than 73 <laughs> seconds these motherfuckers swear and these motherfuckers like swear they have sex for two whole hours yes, yes. and every 30 they minutes swear. 45 minutes <laughs> if it's two At hours most. y'all are taking breaks in between Kien, who's fucking for two hours straight they get maybe when we were i mean when maybe we were when young, you were a teenager but grown-ass right, men like tw- yeah y'all have not fucking for two hours leslie jones stand up Oh, no, not yet. Oh, okay. Because she talks about having sex in your 20s, 30s, and then 40s. It's like, all right, 45 minutes at most. That includes me walking up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, that shit 
Yo, I die. But versus 20, you're like, we're going to fuck all night. And you're just yeah. like, why? Yeah. Why are we going to fuck all night? Like, no, let's just. Yeah. yeah. You guys have to watch that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, do you agree? What do you think? Do you think we put in enough work? Oh, man, this is a debate that I have all the time with my boyfriend. Like, he's like, you what are you complaining about? You don't do shit. I'm like, excuse me? Like, are you yeah. kidding? I mean, listen, it's, uh, we do, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. Let don't me tell you something. Go. Oh, and I failed to, I failed to list dick sucking. I just want to throw that in there. It's yeah. also okay, a lot of work. Exactly. We're going to get into that shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't think. Because that's what I, and that, that I'm also, I also brought that, that up into a debate because they don't call it a job for nothing right like uh, it, who was it that said it on Sex in the City they don't call it a job for nothing you're yeah. trying to hold your breath not gag like <laughs> still look sexy maybe look into your <laughs> eyes be like, a little bit like <laughs> trying to look all like, and you know in, some like, of them like for you to gag and do yeah. all this it's like you know that's yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Spigging, the ga- like, listen, that's that's just work in a Trying to itself. breathe. Right. Let me tell you I had to master breathing while giving head. I was like, this is not productive for no. me. If I'm going to be in this dick, if this thing is going to go down this throat, <laughs> I need to learn how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna, you show, they show us how I ain't out here getting 73 seconds worth of head. So, honestly, I think sex and this idea that penetration is the focus of sex is wrong because that's not how everybody has sex. Not everybody has mm-hmm. sex that way. And quite frankly, sometimes I come harder when I'm getting eaten out than when they're doing all of this fucking work. Sometimes I'm there and you think you're doing the most. Well, maybe I should start letting y'all know, like, actually, you're doing a lot right now and it's not doing much for me. Do you want to take a break? (laughs) Since I know you, but it's so much fucking work. (laughs) Oh, sex. Um, All right. So now we're moving to our plate of the day. Latinx marketing reshaping the narrative so there was an article that had come out in the new york times uh last month around um hollywood not being only three percent latino right and so that sort of uh, overarching statistic came um from the they did some research in the top 100 grossing films um between 2007 and 2018 um only featured 3% latino actors that were co-lead uh, lead actors and co-leads and the same went for producers and casting directors which is even more alarming i think than the actors because in that that means that even as a creator and a writer myself when my shit is getting into room the chances that a latinx person is going to be handling latinx content is only 3% of a chance right and so um it was very interesting and only 4.5% of the over 47k Spanish-speaking roles that the researchers studied went to Latinos. So we only played ourselves 4.5% of the time. Um, And so that was really, really alarming to me. Um, You know, Latinx visibility is difficult because sometimes we get it, but then we get it, the narrative shaped in the way that, you know, white lenses are viewing us. So they want us to be drug dealers or they want us to be cleaners or it has to be about immigration. Like, or, you know, there's just certain sort of trends that they keep up with. Same with the black community. We always have to have a slave movie or something like something about hardship or, or Tyler Perry got a black woman out here suffering for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's always, there's always a thing. Um, And so we don't, often get to control our narratives and these numbers are showing that we're not often in the room to control these narratives but what I love about the internet and what I love about the space that you occupy in this market is that the internet has really become a home for brands creators to have the control of their narrative of their brands and their stories um, which is really exciting what are some of the trends um, in the Latinx markets that you're seeing right now that are exciting So the trends that I'm seeing the most, I mean, at least now in the last two years since I launched the Bonita Project is the rise of the indie beauty brands within the Latinx space, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of just like Botanica Beauty, um, Alamar Cosmetics, who's also another client of mine, a makeup line that's Latina-owned, like just starting to work with these two girls and hearing their stories, like they were telling me like they saw the black community do it first, kind Mm -hmm. of like they kind of pave the path for like, okay, you know what? No one's paying attention to us. We're going to create our own brand. So you had brands like Juvia's Place. You mm-hmm. had brands like um, Beauty Bakery, Carol's Daughter. I mean, they right. were the first, right, to do their own beauty lines. And now 
Now we're looking at the Latinx space and it's like, okay, at least in the beauty space, they're finally getting comfortable to creating their own brand. And also even outside of beauty, I feel like now the trend is like, being your own entrepreneur we're living in the entrepreneurial age Mm -hmm. that's like we're living in the age right now where everybody wants to become an entrepreneur right everybody wants to create their own business because they're inspired by others to do it to to do so and i think we have instagram to thank for you know i think Mm -hmm. instagram has definitely done a great job i mean everybody wants to portray this this beautiful i'm a hustler i hustled like you know chasing the money bag like that's what we like everybody is attracted to that right everybody Mm -hmm. rather Especially the younger creatives, everybody rather do their own thing versus having an older boss that like doesn't do shit for them, I guess. Right. I don't know. And I think that's the biggest trend that I'm seeing is that, you know, everybody is now inspired to create their own space and their and create their own brand. Um, I'm speaking for beauty, but like even for me, I was inspired to create my own brand because I saw others doing it. So, and I was like, there's something missing. And I think now is the opportunity for the Latinx space to like really own it because own your niche own mm. own it like i own my niche i was like you know what i don't see anyone else doing what i want to do like i right. yes there's other pe- there's definitely other latina publicists there's other latina marketers like there's definitely like i'm not the only i'm not saying i'm, I'm the only one but right. the way i'm doing things with the bonita project i i could i want to claim it's a little different than what you see out there so mm. like do it like i think that's i think that's what i'm seeing the most out of even the conferences that i attend like the We All Girl Latinas of the world. Mm-hmm. I've gone twice. I've gone to We All Girl Latina twice. And for those that don't know what We All Girl Latina is, it's the biggest Latina conference that takes place annually in LA. Or was it Long Beach, Newport? I don't even know. But yeah, it's in California. And it takes place. And it's like, I remember when I first attended, it was all about the influencer, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, you. I went in like 2017. And I got to meet with all the influencers. All the, all the Latina influencers were there, etc. Then I went last year and I got to connect with more entrepreneurs. Mm. Like the wheel girl kind of evolved to be like the conference for entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh shit, like now I see a benefit for me. Like I get to connect with other fellow business owners. So I think that's like the biggest trend that I'm seeing now, which is great. And I think, you know, this is the time that we need to continue to do so because now it's like people are finally paying attention to the right. market. And especially now with after Super Bowl, it's like, okay, wake the fuck up. Oh. This is the power of the Latinx community. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, they are going to gun for us so hard right now mm-hmm. after this Super Bowl, for mm-hmm. sure. And I mean, not to mention that even in like switching to the music industry, like Hollywood's one thing, but reggaeton kicked down a door. Like... And and rammed through. Once uh, Justin Bieber and them did what was that song Despacito. that we did? Despacito. Despacito. Yo, once Despacito, like I don't know what white person <laughs> fell in love, but they fell in love again because we had this renaissance when we, we were did. younger. Like this, like explosion. That's when that Pitbull exploded, and like yeah, all yeah, daddy, yeah. and like hip hop started having like remixes mm-hmm. with with like you, you know have the Spanish remix. So you have the like the English remix of the reggaeton song, right? Or whatever. Absolutely, there was a lot of cross collaboration across. Uh, American artist and reggaeton artist and then it sort of like died down a little bit and then like trap music was like and it was like trap 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 Mm -hmm. and then Latinx people were like we can trap too (laughs) right and then Latin you know the reggaeton started to also really bring in some of those trap elements and then you know Bad Bunny you know Creepy Kush was one thing Mm -hmm. you know for like the more like deep cut people and then you know Despacito combined and they've knocked down the door so absolutely marketers are coming after us but you do some consulting sometimes for some brands right so what is that experience like in the room? What's what what sort of pitches have you seen? I want to hear all that. You don't have to name them, but I'm so interested to see like because the fact that they hire you in the first place means something, right? Right. So, um, well, so I'll I'll scale it back to like when I first started, and I mean I still kind of hear this every now and then. I hear the whole like, oh my god, Latinas love like makeup. Yes, we do love makeup. (laughs) We we are big beauty purchasers, obviously, but it's like, okay, we love to play with, with red lipstick. Like Mm -hmm. we always wear red red lipstick, right? Oh, if it's, if it's a red lipstick, we got to market it to like the Latinas or if it's like a very bold, um, eyeshadow line like we're gonna market it to Latinas because that's all we wear and I'm like well that's not I mean yes I'll rock the red lipstick here and there but I'm not wearing red lipstick on a daily basis right. like yeah. I'm more of a nude girl but like mm-hmm. why are you not marketing me your browns and your other mellow tones why does it have to just be the red lipstick because I feel like marketers see Selena as like an image mm-hmm. and we all look like Selena listen I love Selena. I think, you know, I grew up in the 90s. I think she's great. She was definitely, she's she will forever be an icon to us, but she's not the only representation of right. what Latinas is. Let's also, like, 
I also see that, I mean, when I, the way I educate and consult for these larger brands is I always tell them that, you know, the Latino market is very complex. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's get real. It's very complex. Like, there's a lot of factors that, like, really, that you need to really dissect into the community and really understand, like, okay, what makes a Latinx community? Because what I always say is, like, you know, New York, the New York Latino community is very different from the Miami community. Yes. And, then, and I think I, I mean, I'm very grateful to say, like, I've lived in both in both communities and I've gotten to see the difference and I can understand the difference. Like, you know, but for marketers, for these bigger companies, they don't know. So they think that one idea is going to fit all and it's like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You need to cater to each and in every market. New York is different. Miami's different. Texas is different. Chicago's different. LA's different. Like you have like such a diverse and that's why people, I feel like marketers and like white people, like, I don't know, like they get, they, they're like, ah, this shit's too complicated. Like, let's just that, 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 do, like, do whatever is easy and that's at, like, a, the, the best cost-efficient budget and call it a day. Like, that's it. Mm. We checked off the box kind right. of thing, right? Right. But it's like, no. Like, you need to make sure the, the idea that you do for the, New, for, for the New York audience is catered to them. Whatever we bring to Miami is catered to them. And whatever we bring out west, which is obviously very predominantly, like, Mexican, Central American focus right. is catered to them. Like, it's, it, it matters. Like, I always, and, and, you know, I feel like they also categorize us as being, like, mostly, whether it's Caribbean or Central American or very Mexican, but they also tend to neglect South Americans. At least Mm -hmm. I've seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, for example, like, even growing, like, I always consult on a lot of Miami projects, and people tend to not realize, like, I I always, I have to educate them and say, like, Miami has a very affluent Latino community. Yep. Like, there's a very, there's rich people in Miami that are Latinos, and you're, and you're going to tell me you're going to only market me your drugstore products, you're not going to market me Mm. the prestige beauty brands, you don't think that woman is going to go to freaking Nordstrom beauty counter versus a CVS and purchase a $400 night cream. Like, trust me, she's going to, right. we're very vain. Right. Like they tend to not ignore those ideas, like right. those, those facts. I'm like, we're very vain people. Like my mother, my grand, everybody like growing up, like I think we can all attest that all like Latina women, including, you know, men and people that love beauty product like we go all out we're gonna want to spend the nice dollars on the nice set of products if we know it works well right Mm -hmm. and what it bothers me is that i always see like drugstore brands obviously the bigger drugstore brands that you see in in the the cbs and Dwayne reads and whatever like they have the bigger budgets to like market to us right right i'm not just purchasing those products like Mm -hmm. i want to hear from other brands too like i want to hear from the prestige products like you're always doing the same shit every year you don't market to us right like why and like I mean, now in the influencer world, like we were seeing like a lot of influencer programs where they, okay, they select their, their 10, their five to 10 girls and each of them check the box. Great. But it's like, okay, it's normally the same group of beauty influencers. I'm like, Mm. I want to see some diversity here. And I think now we are starting to see like, okay, some of these girls have already gotten the same partnerships over and over. And it's like, okay, it's about time we kind of like switch that up a bit. Right. Diversify. Um, Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think a that's a that's a great no no no. I think that's a great point. Um, and like, I you know when speaking to beauty brands, like I remember growing up and watching you know the commer- commercials in between the novelas and when it would be Pantene and Revlon and like those brands and it was like oh they'd get the J Lo's or they'd have like these American people with the Spanish like dub. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and and it was always interesting. But to me growing up, because that's what was marketed to us, I thought like Revlon and stuff was like top mm-hmm. top notch like shouldn't even touch a drugstore you know brand until you get older and you're like oh mm-hmm. you know like and then I, even as a consumer and I'm not big on makeup but like you know sometimes I'm like shit well I know this says Revlon but I'm buying it in a drugstore should I be buying it at all because yeah. should I be in Sephora should I be in Mac <laughs> like and even when I walk in there I'm like I don't know what the fuck because mm-hmm. none of these brands market to us so I'm like I'll see brands and stuff and Juan will be like oh this like when Juan starts talking about makeup and he starts naming <laughs> things and he's like oh because this is what they use in the industry and this is what they use if you're doing like dramatic makeup and this and I'm just like wow never seen a commercial or yeah. an, even an ad online like I don't know and it's funny that you brought that up because literally today as I was walking to the train I was thinking to myself about um, the other day I was shooting a music uh, uh, a makeup tutorial the lights went out I wasn't able to finish it so I was able to do my brow my brow routine and so like I was like oh my god I have a brow routine video that I could put out um, 
And that got me starting to think about like how lately because of like shifts in my career and stuff like that, I've scaled back to using drugstore makeup mm-hmm. more so now because it's just more affordable. Right. Um, but even me as someone who isn't like a certified makeup artist, but does do like makeup tutorials and does like serve looks and like my look is kind of part of what I put on the internet. Right. Um, I was thinking to myself how like I really didn't learn how to beat my face and like use products until I worked at Sephora. Mm-hmm. You know, but even before that, um, playing with makeup and like you know experimenting with makeup was fully like a. Um, oh, I'll go when I have a Sephora gift card or if I'm going to buy makeup, I'm going to go to Sephora, you know? So, like, the idea of scaling back to doing drugstore makeup almost felt kind of like, oh, I'm going back to, right, like, right. a lower quality. So the fact that they're not even taking the time to market to people when me as someone coming in as a Latino, I went straight to right. the high-end Lux brands and stuff like that without really educating myself on drugstore makeup so right yeah i mean they don't they don't market to us and sometimes when they do uh they're really racist about it (laughs) they're they're really they get it really really wrong has there ever been a moment where you're consulting on something where before it got out it was like oh thank god they called me because they were gonna get this really really wrong i'm gonna be honest not during my t not during tbp at my old where I used to work. Thank yeah. God. Oh my God. That's, yeah. that's there's, there's I, things that I, have I like that answer. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm like, I'm going to take this to the grave. Like I, and you know, but this is where I go back to saying like to like these beauty giants in these, and not just beauty brands, I think brands in general, like you need to diversify your internal staff team. I mean, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I'm getting the paycheck. If you want to hire me as a consultant, fabulous. Right. But at the same time too, like it also, it, it pains me that I also have to like, I have to continue to pitch my ideas and report back to the white boss, right? Right. And it, and 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 even when I a few years ago, I mean, when I was like still like before my bonita days, like I would get so flustered and get frustrated. And I have my work mom, like my old my old boss. She was Latina. It was like the two of us, and she was like Danielle, don't get so frustrated, like you need to understand, like, you need to dumb it down for them because they don't understand. Like, you need to dumb it down. Like, you can't... Mm. I'm like, but I'm frustrated. I'm like, what do you mean they don't get it? Like, they don't get it. She's like, Danielle, but, like, this is part of our job. Right. At the end of the day, it's part of our job. You can't get super mad at them either. They don't get it. They weren't raised in our culture. Like, you have to, like, give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, fine. You're right. Cool, true. But at the same time, it's like, okay, like, especially in the beauty space, like, come on, bro. Like, you know that a lot of us are women of color that are purchasing your products. Why am I still reporting to a large conference room with all white women? You right. know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. come on. Yeah. Like, do the effort and diversify your internal staff team so that when I go back there and I report any ideas, like, I can have at least a nod in the room and be like, yes. Right. Because they're, like, looking at me, like, with a blank face, like, hmm, like, what are you saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it does matter. I think it does matter. And I think that goes across the gamut because I don't know if this is true or not, but remember when the whole rumor came out with that Beyonce, when she was talking to Reebok and Reebok had offered her a line. And when she met with the team, she saw that no one was black on the team. And, and then she, she walked said, out. I don't know if that's true or not, because right, then right. They, that ended up coming out that it wasn't. But at the same time, it kind of proved the point. It's like, well, you see, if it was, it that, I mean, Kudos to her if she actually did walk out because yeah, unfortunately, in a lot of these bigger companies, the whole the 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 core team Mm -hmm. and the ones that are making the biggest decisions are for the most part. Right. Blanquitos, and you know? I'm sure that they don't, <laughs> there are, some of them at least are unaware of the Afro Latinx population. That's another thing that I meant to, meant to call out. People are very unaware. I mean, I think now. Yeah, I, now, because now we're being loud. Like, I don't want to call it a trend when you ask me about the trend because I, I want to be respectful about yeah, the Afro right, Latinx right. community. We're, you're, you know, the Afro we're not a trend. Yeah. It's not a trend, but yeah. I think now people are, we are like. trending. Right? People <laughs> are now are like, oh, okay, it's bringing. They're, they're they're being brought awareness to like right. people are being more aware about that as well which is important and I think now like when you when you select a influencer program of sorts like make sure to include your black influencer but also include your Afro Latina influencer and also include your Latina influencer and then also include whatever you know yeah you know, make yeah. sure it, it, it matters because yeah 
So what advice would you give to anyone who has a brand or is a creator that is trying to utilize the internet as a tool of promotion? So I say definitely keep your authentic voice and don't, don't overdo it all at once. I feel like with social media, we get caught up in like, oh my gosh, I missed that. Like I, I, I need to do it all. Like you want to do everything all at once, right? You want to do video content. You want to do the post. You want to you wanna um, keep up with the national fake holidays that exist. Right, like, right, it's right. National Red Lipstick Day. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. I got I to post my national red <laughs> lipstick day. <laughs> like you want to keep up with so much I shit. It's <laughs> hard. It's hard. Don't overdo it. Like honestly, because I've been there. I've been right. there where I'm like, <gasps> like, and oh my God, we forgot to post National Entrepreneur's Day. And Ivy's like, Danielle, like, it is what it is. I'm like, you know, you're right. <laughs> like, like, you know, like I think that as long as you have, like I always say, you know, definitely keep the content intentional. Like mm-hmm. if you're trying to build an audience, like if it's not a personal page and it's for a business and you want quality engagement and, and like a loyal following, like keep the content intentional. I think that's why Bonita has been so well received is mm-hmm. because we keep everything that we post very intentional and with like that educational like tidbit behind it mm-hmm. because the, when I want people to look at my page when it's their first time and even and I also make sure that the page is is viewable for people outside of just the Latino community like whether it's a white person that's like coming across the page for the first time I want them to see like as a as an educational page like right. they're learning about what the complex diverse um, Latinx community is about right yeah and you get to learn about all the ethnicities all the cultures like we're very adamant about celebrating all the independence days across all countries because yeah. I think that's very important because I think we also get lost like I mean living in New York I think I hear from a lot of certain countries obviously Dominican community is uh, very loud and proud Latinx here. next population in New York. <laughs> 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 you have Puerto Ricans, yeah. you have Colombians, you have Mexicans. I mean, I come from a Peruvian, right? I'm like, yo, I don't hear more of my people. It's like every time I see a Peruvian, no, I get so right. excited. I'm like, yes, there's you, someone else like me in the room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that's why I mean, like, I feel like people and brands tend to forget about that. But I'm kind of like scaling away from your question. I'm sorry. No, no, you're, like, you're think, no, that, that, that makes sense because I think, <laughs> yeah. no, and the reason it does make sense is because like you see like how when you said the Dominican thing like I learned that stat recently that we're the largest Latinx group in the in uh, New York I was gonna say to get you in the United States one day <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep making those babies um no but but it's exciting because growing up I had zero Dominican representation even in like history class like there was no representation and so I think in even promoting myself as a Dominican person because we didn't get to learn our markets the way like certain stereotypes are like, oh, we understand this market, we get it because we know how marketers, aka white lenses, are viewing us and we get it. I'm always like, yo, I actually just think white lenses don't know I exist, like let alone have a strategy or some special way that they're trying to target me. Um, and then even in Latinx markets where we're talking about, or networks even, like the representation of Afro-Latinos, so like fuck white people, now we're talking about even amongst Latinos, like we also didn't really get that representation because we are mostly Afro-Latino even though there are white passing Dominican. Um, and so knowing that, that that is, and when you went back to saying owning your niche, I think that that's important where you're pointing out. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's that's very important. I feel like own your niche, um, you know, especially if you're starting out, don't try to overdo it and like to the point where it's like not authentic. People mm-hmm. like when you're trying to fake it and try to do too much, people are like, okay, this person's trying too much right, right. with social media. That's, at least that's how people see that. People can yeah. see through that, through the lens, through like the picture, like through whatever video you're posting. It's like, okay, don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Like tampoco, like start off little by little. And I think, you know, we live in this, and I always say too, like we live in this age where we want to share everything that we're working on and I'm just like right. don't overshare I, mm-hmm. I'm saying that's actually been my biggest tip for 2020 mm. don't overshare the mm-hmm. shit that you're working on keep some certain things secret mm. like private you don't know what bad juju's out there and be like oh shit she's that's working on that you know what bad I don't know no you know, it's I true I believe in that shit yeah I do too don't jinx your pro- like don't keep keep certain things to yourself like you know you, you want to be so antsy and be like promoted to the whole world. It's like, I got yeah. this new client. Wait a second. Take a deep breath and be like, all right, let me plan this out and announce it in like four months when, when the client is like 
officially secure. I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know no. What I'm like, yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. absolutely. Protect your image and your work from being like, don't. I feel like people try to overdo it too much with social media now. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the culture. Um, <laughs> but that's definitely some great advice. And, you know, I think in 2020, this Latinx explosion is going to keep happening. And we're going to see some a lot, uh, exciting brands, exciting creators, and exciting things coming through the pipe. So I'm, I'm happy to be a Latina. I'm super proud. Um, All right. So that brings us to the end of the the episode. Any shout outs or plugs that you want to give us? Any shout outs? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to my Bonita gang. Yes, Bonita gang. We got to have Ivy on an episode. Yes. I love Ivy's page. Yes, yes, yes. I always tell her. Shout out to Ivy. She literally makes her outfit match the background of all her pictures. I swear (laughs) to God. I, I have, I mean, yeah, those are the ladies that I have to give a shout out to because I honestly wouldn't get my work done if it wasn't for the team that I have behind it. So yes. special kudos to them and kudos to all, whoever is listening to this and is an entrepreneur like, or, or looking to be an entrepreneur and is in that doubtful mindset where it's like, fuck, is this going to work? Trust me, it's going to work. You just have to stay positive. Don't let that negativity hit you. Don't let, and that's what I mean by oversharing, because when you overshare some of your stuff, you're going to build, someone else is going to doubt you, like, oh, shit, are you sure that's going to work? And then Mm -hmm. it's going to make you double question yourself Mm -hmm. and be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to do it. And it's like, well, that's what you get for sharing your ideas. How about you just keep it to yourself? Maybe trust your mother. Your mother's the only person that's going to keep it honest with you. And she's going to tell you, go for the stars and do it. That's it. Right. Absolutely. And where can we find you? What are your handles? Ah, so... At the Bonita Project, if you want to follow the Bonita Gang, and then my personal is at Danny Alvarez PR. Nice, nice. And you can find us at Ladies Who Bronche on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Bronche on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and until next time, Bronche. Bronche, Bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. You want that bochinche? Be a boss. Ladies who brush a pop in the